this is that what you want more energy, right? How much energy do you want? Like, give me a level. What? 9,000? <laughs> You're listening to Free Agency on the new sound of Power There's no way that can be right. Hello and welcome to Free Agency, the, the show filled with a lot of JP and a lot of Claffy. Yes, now. The artist formerly known as Claffy, can I go by that? You can. You can go as MC Claff. You know. I like Master Mega Claff. No, I don't like Mega. Because I'm definitely not in my final form yet. No, not yet. You, you haven't no. gone Super Saiyan yet? No, 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 no not yet. Alright. Not so, over 9,000 yet. NFL Awards. Your Defensive Rookie of the Year, your Offensive Rookie of the Year. Defensive player, offensive player, MVP, and comeback player. I know, it's tough when I just put you on the spot for it. I'm going to say probably offensive rookie of the year I'm unanimously is probably going to be Amari Cooper. No. Who? I didn't even mention him. Who did you mention? I said either Todd Gurley or Jameis Winston. No, I think it's going to be Amari. Well, I mean, it may go to Jameis Winston just because he's a quarterback. quarterback. And I saw the ultimate amount of bias. Biasm? Is that the proper way to Biases? say it? Biases? I have biopsies. I know definitely autopsies. A, a biopsy. No, no autopsies going on. There definitely should have been because it was a travesty. What I saw going on yesterday. You saw Travis? No, I didn't see Travis. <laughs> uh, I believe Rich Eisen was talking about the Carolina and the versus the Cardinals game. Yeah. And he got into an argument with his producer in his ear. He looked like a crazy man because he just looks like he's yelling at himself. But I know there's a little man in his ear yeah. telling him what to talk about. And he's like, "What? no, why can't I talk about Cam and Carson Palmer? That's the better quarterback matchup. That's what people should be talking. This is better. This is more entertaining. And then they, no, no, Brady Manning, Brady Manning. I went to sleep when they played that clip, actually. Yeah. Because we've been talking about this since, what, 2002? Yeah, and it's kind of played out at this point. I And I hate how everybody has to sit there and dissect every little record and stat that they have. Oh, when it's Brady versus Manning and it's over 50 degrees with a negative 7 wind chill. Brady is 2-0. and And when Julian Edelman starts every game for the Patriots versus Peyton Manning and the Broncos with a defense efficiency rating of over 50%, it's their 1-1. So this game can really go either way. Do you want to know why they do that? Because that rivalry got boring. It's oh, I don't say it's always been boring. It's not it hasn't always been boring, but you're also talking about Tom Brady who's beaten Peyton Manning what? 15 times? I think it was 11 11 five, 11 to 5. 11 to 5. You know, it's not really a it's I mean it's a rivalry quote. No, unquote. it's not a rivalry. And I I forget the playoff record that they have against each other. Our resident Patriots fan Eric, who I'm sure will be barging in eventually to tell us. I mean, if you if you say Tom Brady's name three times in a row, he will come in. Yes, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. And he huh. must not be in earshot range. Yeah, he must not be near a speaker. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because there's speakers in every room. Yeah, exactly. Would he leave? Where'd he go? But no, the it got a little bit played out. I think it was a great game. I definitely didn't see that outcome, and I was definitely, you know, obviously that that goes on Goskowski for missing that extra point. Because if he if he hits that extra point, and then they roll back and they just need to hit an extra point, they don't need to hit a two point conversion to tie it. But nevertheless, we don't have to worry about the Patriots winning another Super Bowl this year. Now, no, we don't. It's the Broncos. 
It's the Broncos versus the Panthers because the Panthers just, I mean, they did something else to the Cardinals. 15 to 49. That wasn't even like a, like that wasn't even a close game. That was an annihilation. Yeah. And they definitely took what people said about the Panthers not being a good second half team to heart. Yeah. Because they, I think they put it to them more in the second half yeah. than they did in the first. Well, apparently in the the rumblings that I've heard, it's that Cam Newton gave the speech at halftime. He didn't let his coach talk. And his whole speech was about, you know, finish the drill. Let's do this. Let's win this game. We have 30 more minutes till we play the biggest game of our careers. And I think that's what had something to do with it. It didn't come from a coach, you know. And, and obviously coaches mean a lot to teams, but I think player speeches mean more to teams. You know, when it's the guy who, you know, the coach can't you, – you can look at a coach and be like, you don't know what it's like to be out there with, you know, playing against X player or X player. But what are you going to say to Cam? You don't know what it's like out there? You don't know what it's like playing in front of this crowd? Or, you know, coach, you haven't done this in years. It's, what are you going to say to Cam, you know? That's why I think players who step up like that in situations like that are really big. Because that's what's needed. And I think a guy like him is obviously on the field instrumental to a Super Bowl win. But off the field too, what he does and how he gets his team ready. And just the, their attitude following him. I think what he does on the field is a lot better than what he does off the field. Because I dissect everything that I hear all the players and analysts say yeah. because that's just what I do. And I heard Peyton Manning, I believe he's talking about Tom Brady when he said this before the game. Oh, yeah, he's a great competitor, this, that. He did his whole politically correct thing. Did you get a phone call? Yeah. That's my friend calling. Oh, I what you didn't tell me that he was gonna call my phone. Oh, that's what I figured because we always do them off your phone. Oh yes, they said Kim, um, Tom Brady plays the quarterback position the right way, and I just started to think about what he means by they play. He plays the position the right way because right after that it was the Carolina Panthers playing the. Cardinals and Cam Newton has been vilified for being an unconventional quarterback and as he runs a system that'll never work and it kind of just leads me to think that like people have all these preconceived notions and bias about the way Cam Newton plays the posi- the quarterback position but he's the first person to say I'm not a foot I'm not a quarterback I'm a football, I'm a football player. player yeah so you can call him whatever he wants. Eventually, hopefully after this Sunday, you can call him a Super Bowl champion. I hope because, you know, he looks like he's got a lot more in him to play this year. Let alone the fact that he's only 26 years old and he's he does, and coming into the prime of his career. So, all right. So we have my friend Tony Dunn of Carolina Cat Chronicles calling in now. Hey, Tony, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, what's up, man? You're on free agency. We're talking about the Panthers now. and um, Wait, before we start this, I want to apologize because JP told me, he's like, we're going to do the phone call. And I was like, okay, great. And he's sitting there looking at his phone. I'm thinking we're going to use his. And then he's like, is my friend calling you? And I'm like, is that what that number is? And he's like, oh, yeah, just thought we were going to use your phone. So sorry about that. No, that was just that, a miscommunication. Kinda yeah. hard to, it's kind of hard to hear you. Are you. You're not hearing us right? 
Uh, I mean, I could hear you, but she's kind of like, uh, like not echoey, but kind of about to like speakerphone. Yeah, that's because our studio is currently under construction, so it's definitely echoing a little bit in the background. That's kind okay. of yeah. That's just we had to pull all of our stuff off the wall to paint. Now, my no, no, no problem. my question for you. Now, you were at the game yesterday, correct? Yes. How how crazy was the stadium? And it was pretty uh, pretty electric, you know. I won't say pretty electric. It was probably it was the most intense sporting event that I've ever been to. And uh, and to explain it, I guess best is that the actual stadium was shaking. And uh, if you when you were like uh, probably in the fourth quarter towards the end when it was sealed, if you kind of tried to stand still for a second, you could feel the whole stadium like flexing. Um, I had uh, somebody comment to me today that they thought felt like there was an earthquake there, and that they were actually like a little nervous about it. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Now, you've been a Carolina fan since the very beginning, right? Living down there and everything. Uh, well, since since I got into football, yeah, which was probably two thousand when Julius Peppers was drafted, two thousand one. Okay, so you you remember you remember last time they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah. You remember, obviously, the Vinatieri kick at the end, which, you know, iced that that Super Bowl for them. Now, this team going in, you obviously you know the Broncos. You know, you've read all of our power rankings all year. You know how they are. How how do you see them matching up against the Broncos right now? You know, I think, uh, I think we actually probably matched up a little bit better against New England. Uh, I think that the Broncos, you know... Uh, their team should be very familiar to us because that's the kind of team that we have been in the past. And, you know, where you're going to get a race to 20 points. And, you know, the, the one thing that I guess that is, I guess somewhat worrisome, but, you know, Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's not like... Um, it's not like he's a slub or had a slub career. Is that mean he's a legit all the same? He's been a great, best quarterback of our lifetime, other than Tom Brady. And uh, so I guess there is some, and they, and they do have some offensive weapons, even though they can't get their offense going. I mean, they do have some threats downfield with Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. So I think that, um, but at the same time, I think we match up better against them than Arizona would have. So. Really, you know, like you said, is that we worried or, you know, the concerns or anything like that is no, I think we're, we're the best team in the NFL right now, and you guys got to beat us. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And obviously, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is definitely going to be a problem, whether he's working out of the slot or on the outside, because we know Josh Norman's definitely going to be following Demarius Thomas the whole time. Right. You know, and, and it's amazing because last year, you know, at the start of the year, Josh Norman wasn't even a starter for us. He was just, no. you know, he was the guy who threw the punch in the divisional round against San Francisco the year prior, and he wasn't starting. You know, coaches didn't like him. They didn't want him, you know, on the field. And Rivera had, you know, openly expressed that he felt that he was extremely talented, but not quite ready in the head to be on the football field. Now, you know, you're going against one of the premier receivers in football, and I feel confident that he's going to stop him. You know, or at least limit him drastically. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, the question mark is here is that uh, does 
if his skill set can Peyton Manning exploit that skill set. Yeah. Um, and if he can't throw the ball downfield uh, with any real velocity or handgun in a sense, is that uh, that kind of negates his speed to a certain degree. Um, so, you know, I think that it, it, I almost don't think that they're as good of a team with Peyton Manning in there just because he, it doesn't seem like he can throw the ball that much anymore. And I think that if you are going to try to dink or dunk the Carolina Panthers, that's going to get in real trouble because our linebackers have such great closing speed. So be curious to see how Thomas Davis you know, reacts with uh, the surgery he underwent on his forearm today. He says he's going to be ready for the Super Bowl. You know, I don't know. I'm sure they'll hard cast it up and see what happens. And I know we got Shaq Thompson as a replacement, but, you know, that's our strength right there is from the core yeah. uh, of our linebackers and up the middle with K-1 Stewart. So I think we're okay against the run. I think we're okay against those little passes across the middle or ones that probably Peyton Manning could throw best now. Um, it's, it's the downfield threat that you got to always be a little concerned with, and I don't know if you can exploit that. Well, I mean, Clive, you got something to say? Oh, yeah. I You guys have an all-pro player on every level of your defense. I think the strong suit or what's going to be – key for you guys is exploiting Denver's defense because I feel in a lot of ways they're very similar to the Cardinals defense in the way they play and the personnel that they have. So I feel like with the matchups that you're going to see, it's going to be something similar to what you saw last week against the Cardinals. And I feel like that's going to play in your favor in the game. So you say that you think the the Cardinals defense and and the and the Broncos defense kind of have a similar flavor, um, just the personnel is a little bit better for or a lot better for the Broncos. Yeah, personnel wise, I feel like you're gonna probably it's the similar type of players and probably see similar schemes. Yeah, I mean, I could yeah. see that, and I could I could see that as well. You know, the the idea that um, you know they start to bring a lot of blitzes. Uh, you know, you guys got a lot of dudes that are standing up and going after the quarterback in that manner. Uh, great corners on both teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, they lost the many badger, and I know that hurt them. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Peterson is a real, he's a real deal. And so is uh, the other guy that we, what's his name, I always get it wrong. Jefferson? The guy that came from New England. Oh, keep to leave. Yeah, yeah uh, you're talking so, about the I mean, they, they got good corners, and I like—I really like Bradley Roby a lot. You know, I wanted the Panthers dress him. But I mean, but here's the thing: at the end of the day, it does none of that really matters. The only thing that matters is that the best football player in the NFL on the field is Cam Newton, and he really, at this point, the way he's playing, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, a lot of people were saying to me, "And oh, how do you feel about Cam versus defense?" and and, you know, Cam in any game at this point is, I just don't think that Cam's going to allow his team to lose. And the receivers you guys have, it's like, it's not only the initial initial catch that they make, it's like they make one move and then they're 20 yards down the field. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, they stiff arm somebody else and now it's a touchdown. Well, yeah, that, that um, the Corey Brown or Philly Brown, whatever you want to call him. I know Panthers fans tend to call him Corey when he drops the ball and Philly when he makes the play. <laughs> Because once, once he... They introduced him as Philly last night at the game. Which is how they should do it, because that 86-yard touchdown catch where he just... I mean, he he plays like something else. And we're talking about a 
kid two years after being an undrafted rookie free agent out of Ohio State, you know, making plays in the NFC Championship game. And it's yeah. like, you know, Ted Ginn covering 90 yards on a 20-yard run to make it to the end zone. And clap it up for Jericho Kotri for actually catching a pass because last <laughs> year I still can't get that out of my mind against the – uh, the Seattle Seahawks, where he dropped a bevy of passes, and this year he's completely turned it around and is a viable NFL weapon. So congratulations, Jericho Clutchery, as Cam Newton likes to call him. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with what Cam Newton is doing, it's very special. And uh, even though he's gotten the MVP, we, we don't, I don't know if we're at the moment, if we know how as just kind of watching it happen. Sometimes you get so caught up in the moment that you don't really get to, like, enjoy it. And what he's doing this year is he's insane because you are talking about guys like Corey Brown and Philly Brown and, uh, and Ted Ginn. And, and, yeah, while they do have breakaway speed, if they can get get rid of a tackle, I mean, you're going to – you could have a, a big play. But they, the fact of the matter is they haven't just done that all, all season long. Uh, they drop balls consistently. You know, Cam Newton – and making these guys better. Uh, he is just so dialed in right now. And you're going to talk about quarterbacks and how uh, the real quick quarterbacks have to, you know, they make their team better. You know, I mean, Cam Newton is doing this with an undrafted guy, a guy that's a journeyman who was a first-round pick that has stern hands and Ted Ginn Jr. And, you know, he makes Greg Olson amazing. And, and Greg Olson is great. But that's about it. Um, yeah. And so... Uh, and that's fantastic. And so for him to do that, all I can say is this, is that people, they can talk about the honey badger being hurt. They can talk about this and that, about we haven't played other teams. We're doing all this. What if we had uh, Kelvin Benjamin? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, when we lost Kelvin Benjamin, and, you know, obviously, you know, in the group chat that day that we have, you know, everybody was freaking out, and we didn't know what was going on, and we really thought that it was going to be something else, you know. But I really do think, and I love Calvin Benjamin, he's probably my favorite football player. I think that him going out did make Cam a better quarterback because sure, he, had to, he had to learn how to, you know, spread the ball around instead of, you know, he had Steve Smith at first, and Steve Smith was well-known, you know, throughout the organization and the league that when all else breaks down, you have Steve Smith. And then when all else breaks down, you have the six foot six Calvin Benjamin, you know, with these long vine-like arms, who's going to catch, you know, he had his drop problems, but for the most part, 10 drops and over 120 targets really wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, he had 1,000 yards, you know what I mean? So you yeah. can only be so bad when yeah. you got that. You can only be so bad when you put up 1,000 yards and, you know, 11 touchdowns, including the divisional round game. You know? Yeah, uh, I agree with you. But and like you said, I mean, Cam Newton... All season long, I mean, if you go back and look at the games, it's nine receivers, six receivers, six different people catching yep. balls. And, uh, and that's something that's a great testament of his development. And the good thing is, is this is what about having him develop like that and then giving him Kelvin Benjamin? And what we really all want to see is Alshon Jeffries there, too. <laughs> yeah, we all want to see that. And he's he said he's going to take, he'll definitely take his Carolina discount, the Carolina kid there. But. I'm just excited for Calvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. Now, week eight, I was ready to give up on this kid. You know, I didn't understand why we drafted him, and I get it. He's still young, but 
man, this kid has come on as of late, and he's definitely proven to be well worth what Dave Gettleman traded up for. You know, he was two picks essentially, trading out the second and the third round. You know, yeah, and he's been I, he's been great. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, I I am not going to go so far as to say he's been great, but I think he, you know, man, I I think sometimes you know we get spoiled with who we've had in the past and how much they've contributed. So he's certainly a rookie, and he has he's grown throughout the year, and that's got to be really encouraging. Is that. Um, you know, he started out, he, he kind of, and we'll go ahead and just say he struggled. He struggled on the line. He struggled. Uh, they, they, they talked about the physicality of the program being, you know, a problem for him. Um, but he kind of, he persevered through that. And so, you know, in, in many ways, uh, the NFL is a, is a, is more of a mental game than it is a physical game. And so once he can work through that, now we can kind of tap into that physical potential. I think you're starting to see it. Yeah, I mean, it 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 really started with, you know, that first game where I forget who we were playing, but he got I think 57 yards and a touchdown and from there he's he's definitely grown steadily from what he was and I don't you know, I think I, it was Green Bay. Was it the Green Bay game? It, I, yeah, I believe it was cuz it was definitely a home game. You know, and everybody going into the year said, you know, he could replace Kelvin and I didn't I didn't believe it. Kelvin is a He's an animal of a different nature, as Claffy loves to call people. First team all manimal. Yes. You know, but also one thing that I am excited for about the Carolina Panthers is not just a game coming up in two weeks, because I think that's kind of short-sighted. What they have built there is something that will make them a mainstay and a powerhouse in the NFC for a long time time. Because one thing everybody says you need in the NFL is a franchise quarterback. And for all the people out there that don't want to admit it, sorry, but Cam Newton is a franchise quarterback, along with Josh Norman and uh, Luke Keekley and all the other studs you have on defense and offense. I think that's going to make them a mainstay and be an attraction for other players to come and play on that team. I believe you told me Jared Allen took a discount to uh, he the Carolina Panthers were on top of his list. Uh, you just said Alshon Jeffrey he would he take a hometown discount to come play for the Carolina Panthers. It's a kind of essentially like the Patriot effect where it's like okay I want to win a ring, let me go try and sign up with the Patriots and kind of yeah. ride the coattails all the way to the AFC Championship game, and then let's see what happens there. I feel like it's going to be a similar situation in Carolina. Not necessarily where you get players at the end of their career where they're kind of just trying to tag along for the ride, but you're going to get young players who are going to want to contribute to the team because they see how much fun that the Carolina Panthers are having, how much fun Cam Newton is having when he's not only throwing touchdowns but running them in. Because I believe Eli Manning actually just, he broke or he tied the franchise record for touchdowns. He threw 35. Cam Newton threw 35 too, but he also rushed in 10 touchdowns yeah. and that's unheard of yeah and breaking you know breaking young um young's record yesterday for the all-time leader at you know rushing quarterbacks for a rushing touchdowns for a quarterback and uh tony i got one more question before we um before we let you go i don't know how much you've followed the draft boards lately obviously we're in there's no way we're picking earlier than 30th uh, what position right. you think that what position you think they're gonna go with? You thinking uh, D end like a lot of us? You thinking cornerback? Maybe offensive line? Yeah, um, 
you know, I think when you start to get to that 32 number, yeah, um, you know, you're in a kind of a tough spot. And, and not a tough spot is that, um, you know, the guys for the premier position, so you say a defensive end, you say a, a left tackle, those guys that are worth a number one pick, probably off the board. Yeah. So I, I think what you probably do is I think Carolina could, I mean, obviously we could use an help at cornerback, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised for us to, to target a safety. Um, yeah, like a Jermaine, Cur- so I, Jermaine Curse or something? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like this is that, you know, we all want those guys to fall, but we saw it. We saw all the guys that fell that were left tackle prospects um, this year. They just really haven't produced us quickly enough. And yeah. it's already tough enough for a, for a top-tier uh, left tackle to come into the NFL and adjust. So, you know, I think Carolina almost, you know, they they can get another year out of Michael Orr. I wouldn't, you know, I think they maybe pick a tackle in the uh, a left tackle in the second round and see if they can get a guy that they can develop a little. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where we move in the future is nothing too bold, nothing too flashy, but we could use, but we like to run the nickel, so uh, it wouldn't hurt to get a dang nickel corner. Well, I mean, I like, um, I do like Ben Wickery in the nickel spot. Um, but where I would love to see is and now personally, my favorite prospect for the Panthers to go after would definitely be Eli Apple, the cornerback out of Ohio state. He's mean. He's a smash mouth corner. He's in your face. He follows all around the field, which is nice to have that versatility. When you have a guy like Ben Wickery, who, if they run the nickel and their number one goes into the, you know, the slot, Ben Wickery can play outside as well, but with his versatility, we can grab a nickel corner or we can grab an outside corner. And I have faith yeah, that, he'll, I that he could play both. You know, if it wasn't yeah, for him breaking his leg. Let me ask you this. Is, do you think, because I think that uh, the plan is to work to move Dene outside eventually. I, I, um, do, I do. We he, saw a lot of it this year when Tillman went out with the initial partial tear in the ACL. And he was great off blitz packages and he was great in coverage. He he definitely was he's definitely a special player to get out of a fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean he's not gonna. I don't know if he's the elite. I mean he could be the elite tier guy. I don't think necessarily that, but um, you know I think he could cover number two wide receivers all day yeah. long. Yeah. All right. All right, Tony. It was good talking to you. Um, I'll definitely be talking to you later. Um, that's Tony from uh, Carolina right. Cat Chronicles podcast. Check him out every Tuesday night. Follow him on Twitter. Car- um, Cat Chronicles, or is it Carolina Chronicles? It's Cat underscore Chronicles. All right, man. We'll be catching you later. All right. Peace. I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Carolina Panthers, they kind of drafted either a safety or, like you said, another corner, maybe even another tackle or offensive line position kind of just like somebody that they can groom a little bit because I believe they, yeah. they still have that young safety who replaced Roman Harper. Uh, uh, Trey Boston. To, yeah, Trey Boston. He seems to be really good outside, but he doesn't have the smarts that Roman Harper does. Yeah, but where but he makes developing. up. Yeah, for that he makes up. He has a lot more speed. And a lot than, more physicality. Yeah. But he played free safety in college. I feel like they would. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of tried to get like a raw talent kind of like somebody who plays similar to like cam chancellor or yeah like a doubt like a jeremy cash like or a something honey badger where like you can kind of like you can just move them around yeah. wherever and send them out to blitz he can cover a little bit yeah 
I mean, personally, I think the pick is a is a hand in the dirt outside the end. You know, I mean, it's, would... it's deep this year at that position. We're most likely losing Jared Allen. Um, the The cards are still out on Charles Johnson because he's definitely not worth the fourteen million that he's getting paid next year. But he's proven before he's willing to, you know, restructure his contract. Plus, he didn't do great all year, but now he's gotten two sacks in two games in the playoffs. You know, yeah, he didn't do great all year, which is unfortunate, but two sacks in two playoff games and getting, you know, four or five quarterback hurries when he can, I'll take that in a playoff game. Not at $14 million, but if he if he's willing to restructure, take another year before he's, you know, cuttable, whatever you would call that. Expendable. Expendable then that would be nice. But I still think they need another, you know, every down D lineman. A guy like a Kevin Todd or Kevin Dodd, that kid remember during the the national championship game, the kid who hate I keep calling him AJ McCarron, Jacob Coker four times. Guy like him. You know, he's been compared to Justin Tuck for his not only his work ethic, but his physical build. Almost the exact same height, weight, and style of play. Um that's the type of guy that I think they need to go after. You know, um, I think they need to go after a guy named Peyton Manning because yes. once they knock him down or get him to throw an interception, which I feel like, I feel like Luke Keekley has like two interceptions in like the two games. He's probably he seems to he's be like two interceptions. He has two two pick sixes in the yeah, last two games. He's an animal. He probably seems like one of the best cover linebackers in he, his the NFL. Cover right rating now. is a. 105 in Pro Ooh. Football Focus out of 150. Yeah, he, which is just great. He's first team all manimal. Yeah, and um, especially once you knock Peyton Manning off his game early on, it's a wrap. It's a re- it's a Reynolds wrap. Yeah, and I I think that ew, uh, chicken Caesar wrap. <laughs> I think that obviously three more turnovers and they hit 50 on the year, which is an amazing number. There's teams that don't get 50 sacks, let alone, you know, the 50 turnover mark. Seven turnovers yesterday, which was great. And I always say, and I said this last week, and you could definitely quote me on this, you especially, the Panthers are great at covering short, where they falter is covering deep. But and what Peyton is Peyton Manning, Manning not able to do? Throw deep? Yeah. Throw a Throw spiral? a straight ball, you know. Um, I think that these defensive backs who they've now dubbed themselves Thieves Avenue Thieves uh, Avenue are going to feast pretty much. Okay, now here's the burning question, something I've actually been thinking about, I'm sure everybody has. At what point, if any, do you pull Brock Oswald, uh do you pull Peyton Manning from the game? You know, I was thinking and I was thinking there could be a possible a possibility that they just play Brock Osweiler. Maybe Panthers weren't play- ready for it. Second half, throw in Brock Osweiler. Yeah, but depends on the situation. Yeah, you're overthinking this too much. I don't think there's any way that they start Brock Osweiler. But if Peyton Manning, yeah, you kind of is it going to be trial by fire? Are you going to let this game end in a dumpster fire if the Panthers go up like 27 to nothing at half? Like, at what point do you? Yeah pull payment when you have Brock Osweiler on the team because Aqib Tlaib is definitely not getting any younger DeMarcus Ware I'm pretty sure was the Cowboys first overall draft pick <laughs> by that I believe he means the first pick in the Cowboys existence yes not the number one pick um 
No, I, and, I, and I definitely kind of expect to see him in a situation like that. But where it's all going to come down to is who do they feel matches up better? Does Peyton Manning, who can't really throw deep, but is smarter, match up better with them? Okay, but Or does, let me throw the ball, air it out as much as I can against a very good secondary. But I don't think that Peyton Manning, is, for as good as he, hit, he is and for the illustrious career that he has had, I don't think he's going to be able to outsmart the Carolina Panthers no. defense because they they disguise what they do extremely well their their blitz packages their blitz, their actual uh when they they're faking and then it's uh yeah. dropping back in the coverage yeah, and they they jump routes the very slants. well it's, and especially to see the ballsiness the gall of some of these players they're they don't play scared like no. we've seen josh norman some of the picks he's had it's where he has absolute if he misses this catch if the receiver catches it it's a touchdown because he has no help over the top it's man to man on the outside and josh norman goes for the ball every time yeah um i think that Peyton man needs to put his big boy arm on if he wants to win um, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to sound like the typical fan of the team in the Super Bowl and say we're gonna win it, but their their offense isn't very good. But also, you have to remember Peyton Manning is going to have two weeks of rest and preparation yeah. for this game. I believe it was when the playoffs started. He was coming off of four weeks of rest, and this was the scenario that everybody was talking about. Okay, he just he has the first round bye. He's gonna win two games, have two weeks off, and then play maybe yeah. his last game. Ever, yeah, um, because I believe at this point last year, I think I believe or right after the game, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Peyton Manning has came out coming back next year, yeah. but I think this is kind of Peyton Manning's at the end of his rope with this one. Yeah, and I definitely agree. Um, I think that the the rest and the consciousness and everything is going to go right out the window when a fully rested Jared Allen comes at him and says, "I want that ring too." Yes, but I also feel like a fully rested Peyton Manning is going to be able to eat that a lot more than a Peyton Manning who's been through all the trials and tribulations throughout the oh, no. season. Oh, no, I agree. Um, it's not the, uh, how many punches the Carolina Panthers can throw. How hard they can hit them. It's how many Peyton Manning can take. Yeah. No, because Carolina's going to get theirs. I think it's about... When they hit him, they can't wrap him up and throw him to the ground. They have to hit him hard. You know, make every time you hit him count. Because their offensive line is not very good. You know, they are on their backup's backup. Ryan Clady went out. Then their, his backup went out. You know, there's a lot of backups sitting there. It's going to be, can they hit him hard enough to knock him off his game? And because I also just not, you know, because Peyton Manning doesn't make very good decisions with a lot of time in the pocket, let alone when he's got no time. If they can collapse it from the middle, they could definitely win this game. Um, all right, we got just a couple minutes before we take our break and we come back. And we're going to have Simplicity or whatever he wants to be called on. Avatar Roku. Avatar Roku. The resident Albanian. The resident Albanian. All right, so we have a couple weeks before this. But I'm going to have to ask now. What's your Super Bowl prediction? Who wins it? In the end, I'm not asking for a score. 
Oh, no, I don't for, like doing scores. I don't like doing scores I don't either. T- I was actually talking to my cousin about this the other day when I was talking about what I was going to do for spring break because he wants me to go down and visit him, actually. I don't like taking the scores or the line, per se, on a game, especially in football. It's way too finicky. There's way too many variables that go in. If the laces are route, who gets hurt in mm-hmm. the game, if it's basketball, that's something different. But yeah. in, for some reason in football, you'll get an even and an odd number, and then the chances of you winning that are basically slim to none. So I just go, up. Oh, the Carolina Panthers are going to win or the Denver Broncos are going to win. What's your pick, though? All in all, in the end, when that clock hits zero, who's ho- which quarterback is holding Lombardi trophy? You saw what I did there. I just kind of, I just snaked I, my way I through, know. but you, you weren't having it. You I wasn't having you that. cut the head off of the snake. Um, I'm probably going to have to go with the better team is going to win this game. Okay. So I'm going to give my prediction. I'm not going to snake around it. Obviously, I think the Panthers are going to win. It's the number one turnover-forcing defense versus the highest turnover-rated offense. They turn the ball over too much. This team's too good at making t- good teams turn over the ball. You know, most turnovers in an NFC championship game, seven. Carson Palmer doesn't turn the ball over much. To force four interceptions and, you know, three more fumbles on that team. I think Carolina's the better team. But all in all, in the end... No matter what the outcome is, Cam Newton's going to get a taste of the Super Bowl, and I think that when he gets a taste of it, he's never going to want that taste to leave his mouth. You know? Okay, walking the line, that, that, did, that, didn't, that didn't sit right with me, so I have to give my pick. And it's going to sound like I just waited for you to go so I can agree with you, but no, I actually do think that the Carolina Panthers are going to win. Everybody is waiting for Peyton Manning to have his Elway, Michael Strahan, Ray Lewis, end of the season Super Bowl ring he gets the MVP yeah. and then walks off into the sunset with his held with his head held high but I think he's going to be sulking on the way over there and I don't think that there he's going to win All just right. because it's not both teams can force turnovers I just feel like Cam Newton is going to capitalize on those Better. turnovers more yeah. he's going to be dabbing into the sunset if I, you will <laughs> But one more thing before we go. Did you see the video of the two teams fighting and shoving each other as Cam Newton ran into the end zone? And as they're fighting in a big ball, he's just in the end zone running around dabbing dabbing and dancing. The best thing about the (laughs) Carolina Panthers games is whenever they get, I think they're at like the 20 war, like once they enter the red zone, all the kids, they run up to the the railing trying to get the the ball from uh, one of the players. And I think it's great. And I still don't understand why. I believe like they get fined anytime they don't get you get fined for it, or they say they get fined. Like you get 5, fined 000. if you throw it because it's a danger, but if you hand it, you don't. Okay. Because when I'm, you throw it, people are fighting over the ball, so they fine you. But if you hand it off to somebody, they don't. Okay, because I know it's like a five thousand dollar fine or something no. like that. <laughs>